0: Be sure to join me every week as we interview sales leaders and entrepreneurs from around the world. We will discuss best practices and ensure that you leave motivated and inspired to take action. Now, let's enjoy today's episode. Catapulting Commissions family, what's up team? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Garcia. So here's the deal, Catapulting Commissions family. Welcome back 100%. We are going into our fourth year, over 250 episodes. And if you haven't seen the post on social media, here's the recap. First episode launched seven downloads. Swear I was five of them. And it was really humbling. Last year, the show had 20,000 audio downloads. I'm incredibly proud of that. And we put out content every week. And if you've been following the show, you know we take really the time after Thanksgiving to the start of the new year as a break. So we put some reruns and all that fun stuff. We are back first guest of the year. I'm excited to bring value to you today. And be sure you smash that like button. Be sure to subscribe to this show. And let me tell you about who we're talking to today. Jessica Yarbrough has quickly developed a reputation for being one of the best business strategists for coaches and consultants who want to sell and scale utilizing ultra high-end services. Her background is in international business. She has built multiple companies. Bottom line, she's a genius at showing entrepreneurs, how to build an expert platform, rapidly raise their value, build credibility, and attract high-paying clients. She loves teaching entrepreneurs how to grow their influence and make the income and impact they desire. Jessica, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Anthony. I'm glad to be here.
0: Thank you. So, Jessica, here's the deal. When I hear the phrase, high-ticket services, high-ticket sales, it's almost to the point now where... Small business owners or, or consulting firms or, or coaches are like, okay, I'm going to package everything to these high ticket sales. It's kind of like, here's my approach. And I, hopefully, I'm not offensive, but I'll definitely be very no. direct. It's very easy to say, I sell high ticket services. Sure. It's not so easy to say, I've built a seven figure business doing it. You have. Agree. <laughs> How'd you do it?
1: Oh man, that's a long journey. I would say it was it was a it was a winding road. I mean, I had to come to terms with owning my value, which is where a lot of entrepreneurs really struggle. And I I work with people who were senior level directors all the way up to C suite for major corporations, and even them, with all of those decades of experience under their belt, still have trouble owning their value. There's still some measure of imposter syndrome and lack of awareness with what the market will pay. So I had to get that sorted for myself, which is a big growth edge uh, for entrepreneurs. And then I will tell you, one of the biggest things that I did was I I, did, I really was intentional about the speed that I was scaling. You know, you always see like hundred hundred extra business and, and all of these things. And that's wonderful. But I also saw, I was very aware of my colleagues and I saw entrepreneurs that tried to scale too fast. You know, they were like more marketing, more acquisition. And they did so without really tightening up systems and their client delivery. So, you know, I, I mean, I even had a former coach of mine who skyrocketed in fame and then about went bankrupt because this person became so focused on more and more acquisitions. So I was very intentional that I wanted to grow my business and I wanted to do it in a way that I could be in high integrity uh, and that we, we, the business wouldn't break when we hit a million. That was number one. Uh, The other thing is I wanted to make sure I did it without uh, burning out. And when I mean Mm. burning out, I, I mean, I know entrepreneurs who have given themselves a heart attack, you know, from trying to build so fast. I know other ones that, you know, work 12 to 14 hours a day and are missing out on time with their family or whose relationship ends in divorce. And so it was really important for me to not go into that default like hustle mode and get there at all costs because if you have a lot of money and don't have the family or the health, what's it all matter, right? So that was my approach to doing this. So it's a long journey, winding road, but we got here.
0: Well, well what I hear from that, Jessica, is one, it was incredibly intentional. Like you knew the direction you wanted to go. You knew the life you wanted to be when you get there, right? Hearing you say, you, know, you, don't, want, you, you don't want to get there on that burnout, right, and, and mm-hmm. sacrifice things. Um, I remember being 36, just about to turn 37. Yeah, 36, trained 37. Uh, and it was kind of like where I was at my epitome with corporate America. And ending up in the emergency room because my heart wouldn't stop beating. Yeah. And, and being in there for observation and evaluation. And it was based off stress. I was managing this large team. I had people to answer to. I had all the titles, accolades, the salary. And I was like, I'm never feeling this way ever again. And so I, I that resonates with me that you wanted to build your business because in this journey of building catapulting commissions over the past couple of years, that has really sat with me where I'm like, okay, uh, you know, we, we talked before we recorded, right? I have a family, I have a wife. Like, I want to enjoy mm-hmm. certain components, but I also want to build yeah. certain things. So I will definitely touch towards the end of the show on some of that well-being, right? Catapulting commissions mm-hmm. family, uh, I think you know my approach on mental well-being, right? I'm not a mental well-being expert, but I am a mental well-being person, meaning I've had the negatives, I've had the positives, and I'm not afraid to talk about it. I think we can touch that towards the end. Where I, where I want to go now is the intention. So, you made the intention you wanted to sell or utilize high ticket services to help build your business. I yes. have to be honest with you. When you describe some of that imposter syndrome, you kind of hit me, right? I, I know when I moved into my business venture, right? And it's, it's, it's ironic. I literally wrote a post today. And I deleted it because I, didn't, I didn't, wasn't comfortable with it. I'm, I'm kind of putting it together. It'll probably be out tomorrow or the next day on LinkedIn. But it essentially says this. In 2022, I struggled with imposter syndrome. I undercharged people, over value. And it was bugging me that I was like, man, I'm working so many hours, but mm-hmm. the income's not matching. So I asked every client. I was like, hey, would you, would you mind just harshest feedback, harshest criticism? What has happened in the time we worked together? Everybody had growth. Great. Fair, I'm not going to raise your price. Just answer this question. Are you under pain or over pain? Oh, significantly under pain. It was just like, and it was the, val- wow. the, the validation <laughs> I needed to hear, right? But it was the dagger in the heart. I was like, oh, yeah. man, yeah. how do we, right? How do we get out of that mindset, right? I mean, how do I take this package of, of information and deliver it to someone and say, hey, all right? This this coaching offer, this package that, you know, you're I'm 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 getting fifteen grand from you for the year. Now, how do I go from that to, you know what, realistically, I'm gonna get a hundred grand for you for the year because there you go. I just took your business from 2.7 million to 3.9. And you know what? You wouldn't have done that without me. Like Bingo. Where does that where how do we have that discussion?
1: Ah oh, wow. Anthony, you just said said some really good things. Number one, sign that you need to raise your prices, you started to resent it, right? That's the biggest Ooh. sign. If you're like, <sighs> I am delivering, I am bringing it. And I'm not talking to anybody who's like, you know, half-assing your, your client delivery. I'm talking you're, you're getting results and you resent it. That's a telltale sign. Boom. You need to raise your prices. The second thing you said is you asked and people were honest that they were underpaying. And here's the thing. Until you see and own your value, no one else will. Mm -hmm. No one's gonna volunteer and say, "Hey, Anthony, can I pay you thirty thousand? Can I pay? No one will. And every time my clients have gone, you know, have been in a similar situation and had had the t- had the tough conversations when it's time to renewal to raise their prices, they all said the same thing. It's like, yeah, man, I know I've been you know I've been getting a deal. Thanks. Uh, that's not helping you right and it and and so what you got to look for is what you the third point you just said was, I just helped you have this massive leap, right? This huge income growth. And you have to ask the question, is my price congruent with the value that I provide? Because you're not selling hours. You're selling transformation. You're selling Mm -hmm. a result. And the cool thing about sales, which is what you do and business Mm -hmm. strategy, which is what I do. It's so easy to quantify because it's like, let's look at, uh, there's two ways I quantify it. It's like revenue. Obviously we can look at profit too, but Mm -hmm. we can look at revenue and then I can look at their hours that we reclaim for the uh, coaches that are making a lot of money, but just brutally working. So we can look at those two things, um, but you have to look and see, is it congruent and what's the transformation? And if it's not, if the, if you're making them a million and you're not even charging, you know, 10% of that, then how yeah. is that adding value? You
0: know, in hindsight, totally makes sense. 100%. Hindsight's 2020
1: though, right? Yeah,
0: it makes <laughs> perfect sense where where i think people struggle right Mm -hmm. with with this let me put this together and and here's the kicker right catapults commissions family i literally just had this conversation with my own strategy coach where i was like you know what and the analogy she used to me and i've repeated a hundred times since she told me i'm inside the bottle of my own business and i can't see the wrapper on the outside which is absolutely crazy because the clients of mine who listen to the show are like oh absolutely man Love what you say. I mean, you are on fire. And when I tell them, "Hey, I struggle with this in my own business," like really, I'm like yeah, I don't, so, I don't. Yeah. We we all do. Like I need Ooh. that other perspective. But here is here's where I felt lost mm-hmm. coming out as a, as a new consult, as a new coach, and and I've made a, a pivot, really. So it, you know, the high ticket services, I've I've made a pivot in the business from coaching to really saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're we're consulting. Like I'm gonna mm-hmm. do change. Like I don't want to coach you for two hundred fifty dollars an hour. Like it's just not." advantageous, yeah. my time is your time. And I definitely resent it because I think my time is way more valuable, but I'm going to, we're going to consult, we're going to make a transformation in your business. And this is my fee to do so. How do coaches or consultants put that package together with confidence mm-hmm. that they can a deliver and be that the market pace will play for it?
1: That's a, that's a great question. And like I mentioned, there's usually some measure of imposter syndrome coupled with Uh, not really understanding what the market is willing to pay. And by the way, for your listeners, if you're marketing to people that can't afford to pay you a lot more money, which may or may not be true, we could do a whole podcast on that, Mm -hmm. then find someone that will. There are so many businesses in the United States, guys. So many. And I have clients that we position to sell six-figure offers to small, quote unquote, businesses to a few million, all the way up to the big dogs. So there's opportunity at all levels. So if, it, if you're not in the right market, that's one thing. You can always shift your market and market people that can't afford your services. Um, and if they can and you haven't uh, quite been there yet, then we can unpack offer and positioning problems bef- that happen before we even get to a sales conversation. But as far as how to package your genius into a really high ticket offer and position it that way, you have to deeply understand who your ideal client is and what the big urgency is for the problem that you're gonna solve, right? It cannot be a nice to have, it must be a must have. It can't be a cut that's, you know, slowly bleeding. It's gotta be a a wound, you know, they're dying, you become the tourniquet, you're gonna solve it. Uh, And this is especially true when you go after a higher caliber market because a higher caliber market value time more than money. They have a lot of money. CEO of a company has got money, got budget. If you're going after the right people, they got budget. What they don't have is a lot of time, right? So they value time more than money. If you can show them how to solve their problem and add millions to their bottom line, for example, and this is true whether you're a sales coach or even if you're executive or leadership, we can do so many different examples. If you can show that to them, then they're going to pay, right? The people that have uh, a lot of time on their hands and not a lot of money, that's the people you don't want. They're going to watch your course because they have time to do it, right? So you need to make sure you're going after the right person with the right sense of urgency and deeply understand the valley of pain that they're in and all the struggles and frustrations that they're gonna go through. You need to understand what their desires are and then codify your system of how you're gonna take them up to the, the mountain, from the valley of pain to that mountain of potential. Right, and the step-by-step system becomes your blueprint, your guide, and you become the sherpa to take them. And if you can save them years of time and frustration, and lost opportunity, and lost revenue, and whatever it may be, they're going to pay you a stupid amount of money to help them.
0: Oh, I I love, I love your thing there. You unpack what you said, and and what I hear from you, right, Jessica? You're telling me someone's not find a better buyer. More importantly, find the right buyer. Yes. I, fun fact, right. We, I just have been putting my, my team. Uh, we are, we're one of our strategies for 2023 was to go more aggressive, uh, with our, with our, um, outreach. You know, we, we are, our, our circle of marketing and word of mouth, the referrals and, and affiliate relationships have built the business, but to scale, I'm like, we, we have to do some outreach. So I don't want to do the outreach, like 99% of the LinkedIn people I would get reached outreach. So we've, we put a strategy together, uh, Really, really robust, and 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 one day, I catapult the commission's family. I will roll it out and share it with you. But we've uh, it really is a in depth. And one of the things I wrote on the top was quality, not quantity. Right there, you go. And it really was. Here's you know I'll, I'll give you track. Here's the ten relationships I want to establish this week. And if one of those relationships can convert to a hundred thousand dollar relationship within ninety days, and I do that once a week, I'm okay. Like, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. Do I want to send out 100 emails and hope for one? No, it's a really targeted and it terrified me. Like, scaling yeah. down terrified me or niching down terrified me. I'm like, this is the specific person we're going to work with. Mm-hmm. But hearing you say that, and, and not only was I terrified when I, put the, when I put the niche down in my market, but then I went to LinkedIn Sales Navigator and other tools, and I'm like, there's 243,000 opportunities in the United States. Guys, we could suck. And as long as we stick in this market, I think we'll be okay. When we try to go to the 2.4 million, that's where we get overwhelmed. So I love finding the yeah. better buyer. Like that, that really resonates uh, with me. Yes. And- yeah,
1: you said it. Find the better buyer. Quality over quantity. I tell this people all the time, right? You want the high caliber people, right? That's who you want. And then you need to put together something that is so valuable. That even if it has a six-figure price tag, the answer is yes.
0: Uh, It's yeah, I I agree. And how you talked about the pain earlier, right? Solving this pain that I'm experiencing, Mm -hmm. it it is—it's almost like you. The 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 silly analogy is like who's the what is the best tasting hot dog street vendor in the world? The guy or girl who's outside the bar at 2 a.m. that you're walking out of. Why? Because. You have a problem. You're like, oh, you solve this immediately. I don't have time to look. You're like, oh, this is great. It's convenient. It's, it's the best thing possible, right? We solved it immediately. That's like low level. Let's take that up a notch, right? Whatever the massive problem, you use the need for a tourniquet. Run, run a marathon without water. I guarantee you, the person that sells you water at the end, they can charge you $1,000 for a simple bottle of water, and you would pay for it because it yeah. will solve that death problem. So, all right, let's, let's, let's peel this back. Jessica, why me though, right? What makes me, and I'm using me as the audience, right? People listening to the show, consulting, coach, former executives, whatever Mm -hmm. we have done, right? And and I I can't tell you how many corporate executives that I used to work with have reached out and said, hey, I'm building my own thing. I'm doing my own thing. And I'm like, hey, you know, okay, great. And we kind of talk and advise, but these people, you said it, Sometimes don't have that confidence in their skills. So, so why me? Like, how do I build my credibility or mm. establish my credibility to charge these, these, these fees? You know, $100,000, $50,000, $250,000, whatever it may be.
1: Well, it's a couple of things. One, we're ta- we are talking about executives. So you're not talking about the, <clears throat> the barista, you know, Starbucks, Correct. who's like, I want to build a six-figure business. I actually don't work with those folks. Um but if you have that credibility and background, you're going to leverage that. The key is you need to build a solution that you can get behind and you need to be able to effectively communicate your value. 90% of the struggling entrepreneurs that come to me have a communication problem. Right? They're long-winded. They talk on and on and on. It's like a meandering journey. They don't get to the point. Their messaging sucks. Their positioning is weak. They're 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 boring, they're not relevant, so they can't capture awareness. They don't even get a chance to get to the sales call. So we have to not only build your solution, but help you to be very concise and clear in how you communicate it. And you, it's really borrowing my confidence for a while. So even if you don't, hey, you know, I don't really know, okay, Jessica's gonna help me with this strategy and give me the tools to help me create something that's really awesome and I can get behind. And what happens as you go in empowered in that sales conversation, because now you're like, I know what to say, not just from a sales perspective, because there is, of course, the arc of a sales and journey of a sales conversation, but around the offer. And you know how to hit every single pain point and desire and present it so that no matter what, you are the very positioned as the very best person to solve their problem at the very best solution. And so what happens is, even if you come out and you're like, "I've never sold this my client, Joe's a great example." He came out as a director level from the oil and gas industry. Never sold anything. He pitched a thirty seven thousand dollars package, right? And then he pitched a hundred thousand dollars package. And so you create that reference point of what is possible in your mind, and then once you level up, you can go again and again, it becomes easier. But it's about having enough confidence going into it, and you can do that with the right solution, the right offer, the right messaging, the right sales conversation to win you the deal. And then you need to follow through on your commitment, especially with high ticket guys to do everything in your power to get your clients excellent results, to make good on your promise, because that is how you create that widespread demand for your services is by focusing on a huge emphasis on client delivery and quality client experience.
0: You know, the, that quality client experience that you're describing at the end, and I, and I love how you you mentioned, right, unpack your, your confidence, right? Like know the the value you deliver and realistically be crystal clear on what I solve, who I solve it for, um, and to over deliver on value, right? Every coach, every, every consultant is like, yeah, I'm going to do that, right? And sure, you know, if, if you know, I'm taking your 297 course, and yeah, it's, I think it's fairly easy. When yeah. you're paying 29 grand a month for the next 10 months, yeah, try to over deliver. Here's where my question comes in. You have to have a team, so to speak, right? You yeah. have to have like it's
1: systems and a team. Yes.
0: And yeah. that is where companies struggle with sometimes. And I know yeah. my biggest, first biggest block I hit in my own journey was when I realized, and I knew this going into it, like you're in growth mode. I'm growing, I'm growing, I I'm growing. couldn't be everywhere at once. And so I suffered everywhere at the same time. So I was like, Mm. okay, let me grow my team. And that took some challenges as well, is to find that team or what I can deliver. And maybe it was a process of systems. So how do you take these high ticket offers Mm -hmm. and scale the systems that you've had? Like, what was your process to build out your systems or your people? Because uh, unless you tell me right now, Jessica, you're a superwoman and you're (laughs) 24-7 on Zoom calls and you're everywhere at the same time. Love to share that. But I think realistically, you probably have some support.
1: I do. And, you know, it's step by step, I would say. And I've got colleagues who have, you know, seven and eight figure companies. They always say the people problem is the hardest part. And that's both the people problem with your team and the people problem with client delivery and keeping everybody happy. And so it's it's something you absolutely need to put focus on uh, in order to scale your company. So. We looked at building what are all the core systems you need in a business, the social sellings, the social media or social selling systems, sales systems, marketing systems, internal operation systems, and client delivery. And then it was building the team step by step. I mean, typically what you're going to need right away is uh, support with the growth. And that's a, a marketing person. And I'm not saying that they're a strategist per se, but someone that is going to help you with the lead gen efforts and assets, materials, and all of that. And then typically, well, some clients uh, do require a copywriter if messaging isn't their sweet spot. They need support with that or they need to hire a coach to help them with that. Uh, another uh, key aspect, and usually you, I, I feel like around 350000 in revenue, you're going to feel that need for a client delivery person to support you or a client support. Some people are able to ride that out longer. Um, but most people are going to feel the pain at 350 to 500K, and this is for low volume but high ticket, not necessarily for high volume. You definitely need someone sooner, and uh, and then as you get upwards in the high uh, seven figure or high six figure, excuse me, you're definitely going to need an operations expert to pull it all together. You know, the bigger your business, the more emphasis you're going to need on operations and really streamlining your like project management tools. And I mean, we spent a year building out you know, our, our project management alone, you know, and another year for SOPs. And so it's a, uh, it's a lot, it's a lot with the business and it only becomes more complex, the bigger that you build.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, the, the systems, the systems, the systems, I love it. Uh, and I love the, the, the metric revenues you share and, you know, the commissions family uh, for those of you that are listening here and you're like, Hey, I, you know, I don't, I don't run a coaching business, but you know, I am a small business owner. What Jessica just shared right now is the equivalent to the CRM we talk about sometimes, right? Like that is just as important in your business yes. as the operations is on the backside. Having that CRM on the front, and I'm sure Jessica has a CRM as well. Where we're we're targeting, we're, but that implementation is an area that I see tons of businesses really struggle with right it's just i don't have that system in place so to hear those systems now
1: a lot of systems a lot of people have broken systems i always like that uh quote by james clear you do not rise to the level of your go- goals you fall to the level of your systems most business owners that come to me they might have some client delivery onboarding set up but they it's not the level of sophistication that you're going to need to scale a multi seven-figure company or I even have a client, you know, who had a seven figure company, but some, somehow didn't have it, but they can't grow. They're stagnant because their systems are broken and, and, and their team isn't able to work together in the way that they should.
0: Yeah, I'm that's it, unusual, definitely <laughs> unusual. And there, you know, it, but it goes right. There's multiple ways to get to a level of success, but we are all yes. in agreement that there has to be some sort of system. The system has to grow. Um, and, and, and we, we need that. Like if you don't have that system in place, you know, catapult the commissions family, like, you definitely want to get that system. You also always know if you need help, you can reach out to the resources we have. I'm sure Jessica will get her, her social stuff and all that fun stuff at the end of the show, but you definitely need to build that. And here's my confession to you, family. I need to help building my own systems. I've built other systems. When I was building mine, I looked, I'm like, okay, I need someone to find tooth comb this. And then here's the kicker. I didn't know what was broken until I put the system in place. Like mm. in theory, it was like this is perfect, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, "Oh man, this is a flaw," or this automation isn't working the way, or this automation is actually not doing what it's supposed to do, or this person isn't like it was just in the you know. So there's don't don't be hard on yourself. Um, speaking of systems, you know Jessica, I, I you know we I, I want to talk with you about the client acquisition system, mm. right? One area that I think is um, gonna continue to grow, and I don't think it's reached its peak. What is LinkedIn? Uh, it is common knowledge that LinkedIn is a great place to grow influence, establish relationships, and let's be honest, attract and convert your clients. Yes, I have my opinion on LinkedIn, or let me say, let me I have my opinion on LinkedIn outreach. Mm-hmm. I see tons of people who LinkedIn outreach. I'm sure you get them. I get. A bazillion messages trying to sell me something and none of them really work. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on how do we leverage LinkedIn in our business?
1: Well, it's a great question. It's got to be a combination of authority building and uh, outreach. You can't just do outreach alone and expect to create trust, especially for ultra high end uh, services and and these big, big mega deals that you want to land. So you need to be educating your audience on a consistent basis. The beautiful thing about LinkedIn is even though there are so many users and so many potential buyers, relatively to that, there's not that many content creators. So I always tell my clients, you know, you need to build your body of work. You need to build your thought leadership. You need to start putting things out there so people perceive you as an expert. And so that has got to happen in conjunction with the outreach because we don't want to just put out content to... Uh, no audience. <laughs> and we don't want to yeah. build an audience without any uh, anything to tell them. And so a lot of people struggle to do both. You need to do both and you need to do it simultaneously. Your acceptance rate of connections is going to go up when you have something important to say. The trust and credibility factor is going to go up. And then as far as your outreach, like lead with value, the, the number one mistake people make with their outreach is just trying to sell you right away. Like, you don't even know me. You're assuming You know, I have this problem. I mean, I can't tell you how many people i have came to me and said, hey, you know, uh, how would you like uh, to add, you know, to reach 10 to 20K a month in your coaching business? It's like, what? So, uh, you know, uh, making your outreach based on assumptions is a losing game. So be curious, you know, uh, provide value, ask the right questions, and you'll be able to cut through the noise. One of my clients is funny. he, He has a high seven figure business. He's now crossing to seven figures. But when he uh, hired me, he was at, I think, 650, 700. um, And when I reached out to him on LinkedIn, he responded, I don't think you can help me. And it was the, it was the most awesome response because I was able to go in there and, and really say, okay, this is awesome. I'm glad you hit this level. Here's, you know, whatever it is, top 12 reasons why, you know, I could help you or where you might be struggling, where I see people stuck at your level. And he was like, wow, you you shifted my perspective. Let's have a call. Two weeks later, bought a six figure package from me like that. So when you get curious and you don't assume and you're willing to say, hey, you know, let's let's have some dialogue happening here. That's a much better strategy. And he told me that he gets at least six messages per week and usually you know, blocks the person or deletes them. So there is opportunity. Yes, there are people who are spamming and there are people who are saying, hey, you're just in time for my webinar, you know, or join my five day challenge. CEO doesn't want to join a five day challenge, guys. Right? CEO's busy. And um, but just keep in mind that if you stand, you have the ability to position yourself differently. You have the ability to show up differently in those DMs. You can bring a level of professionalism and, uh, to that experience and know that the more sophisticated buyer, which we're talking about business owners on LinkedIn, like they, that other tactics aren't going to work. Right. So go for the person that values time or the money, cut through wow. the noise with a concise message and ditch the spammy tac- tactics.
0: Oh, the spam is spam is miserable. And I, and I, I think that's awesome. I would. I would love I mean, for someone like, I don't think you can help me and to convert. I mean, that that's a case testimonial in its own, right? But goes to show that your level of confidence in what you do and your ability to be original and articulate in your outreach. That whole concept of building credibility on LinkedIn, Mm. it's um it's tough at times, right? I I I I think I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. And I have not cracked this top LinkedIn sales influencer and all these accolades and all this fun <laughs> stuff that comes with it, right? I have friends that do. I've had people on the show that I have had. I, I, I've seen it. I, I know some people firsthand. Where I could text them like, hey, what are you doing? It's kind of, if I look at it through the lens of I want the likes and engagement,
1: hmm.
0: it discourages me. But if I look at it through the lens, I'm like, you know what? I picked up 497 impressions on this. If one of those was my client avatar and is going to watch this one and the next one and the third one, and we're going to engage in a conversation down the road, and they convert, it is worth it. But if I look at through the lens of, man, I only had 497. My competitor had 49,000. What am I doing wrong? It gets frustrating to me. <sighs> did, did you go through any of that struggle?
1: The engagement's a tricky thing to look at, right? Because we do want some engagement on the post, but that cannot be your only metric. Because here's the thing. If you're sharing inspirational things, yeah, people are going to love it. they are going to be like, oh, that's a beautiful quote. Are they going to buy from you? Do they know anything about you? No. I know a lot of people with a whole lot of engagement whose applications come through and they're making less than 100000 a year. So you cannot look at that metric alone. I am not a LinkedIn... whatever, the influencer award, but I am a LinkedIn influencer, right? And I will tell you this, higher level buyers, they are not going to engage with your content. They will not. Do you think a CEO is going to like a post where you say, you know, sick of putting out fires all day? No. Are your sales down again? No. Didn't hit your goals this year? No, they will not you know, but they will appear on your calendar because you triggered them, you spoke, you were the truth teller. So I, my, my posts to get the most sales calls get the worst engagement typically. And I'll go back and I'll say, oh, book call. Let me go and see what I wrote today. Oh, I just triggered the heck out of that person. And I can literally say this post triggered and I can, I can directly uh, connect post to clients at this point. Mm. And so, Enga- again, engagement. Yes, we want impressions. Of course, we want visibility. And we want reach. But I, I, especially for for those of you that are marketing to C suite, they they aren't going to. They they, you know that LinkedIn. When you comment or like a post, their network sees it. Their employees see it. They don't want to put that. That's risky. You know, they might have a conversation in the DM. They might even say email me because they don't want whoever their executive assistant is seeing that conversation in the DM and it might move to email. So again, take engagement with a grain of salt. You want some visibility. You want some activity. Obviously you don't want to have nothing happening, but you know, you, do you want engagement or do you want revenue?
0: Mm, I love it. I love it. Don't be social media rich and bank account poor. There you go. That really, really sucks. Um, and, and that whole concept you shared about uh, C-suite and CEOs. Like, I had a conversation with the CEO of a really large direct sales agency, like massively large. If I said the name, everybody was like, no way. And I had numerous conversations. And here's the kicker. When the email and the name came on my, in my booking, it was blank, blank at Gmail. Mm. No company name, no Next. nothing. And I was like, dude, who is this guy? Mm. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, this is, you know, but you jump on it. And I was like, oh my goodness. It was a really like, wow okay yeah. let's 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 have a conversation and i to hearing you say that i've never I've never thought about it in the terms of because like there was never any like on my stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was never like just no. it was just all over the blue. I'm like, hey, this all right, and so to hear you say that gives me a different perspective on my own strategy so so thank you for that now,
1: I, I can say ex- until after joining my program, right? All of my clients that are currently in my program. None of them engaged on my stuff before hiring me. They might've engaged after, you know, but they haven't engaged before. It's very interesting. And they all nod their head. They're like, you're right. Now, some of them had conversations in the DM. Some of them ignored my DM. Yeah. And booked a call. I don't care. Book a call. Let me help you. That's what matters is getting the clients more than, you know, uh, vanity metrics.
0: Mm. I love it. I love what you're saying there. Now is, is LinkedIn your only source for client acquisition?
1: It is my primary source. So I originally started my business on Facebook. Facebook became a pain and it went in kind of a, it it took a turn a couple of years ago. You guys know COVID, all the things that were happening, even, even before that, I would say, and I had already started building my business on LinkedIn and I really resonated with the caliber of clients that were on there. So I use a combination of LinkedIn Um, you know, I tap into OPT, other people's traffic and get my, my name out there. And then we launched YouTube, um, I'd say six months ago and are steadily building that as a, a second platform. And with that came blog and and all the other things, but I didn't even expand to LinkedIn and blog, uh, until we hit seven figures.
0: That's awesome. That's, I, I love hearing your story on that. Um, I, I built my business all through word of mouth for the longest it was word of mouth word of mouth word of mouth and then i would ting- i would hit i would hit a, a a revenue metric that i wanted to hit then i'd fall back down hit a revenue yeah. but at the same time i was like you know what i it, it was i was ma- i was comfortable i wasn't like i was like yeah. oh you know i was comfortable and then i was like okay now do, how do i pivot this and say okay let me let me grow let me scale i've taken some lumps i've learned some things i've lost clients i've gained clients but now let me really scale this thing and like you my my approach on LinkedIn on YouTube, it really has, has grown, uh, and we're we're doing we're we're teetering around right now with some some different media sources or different um, areas to build influence and credibility. We'll see how that works, mm-hmm. but I love hearing your story on that. So let, let's pivot on one last thing here. We have a few minutes. <clears throat> yes. With everything you just shared right now, I have to be honest with you. There are times in my business. Where I'm sitting in my office right so so I work from home this is my home office it's set for YouTube I have lights mics, soundproofing, all this fun stuff and I'm like oh this is great there are times in here I'm like I'm going crazy mm. things haven't hit right stuff's not in alignment right you know some some of my clients you know I haven't re- you know I haven't received a, a payment on the invoices mm. I'm like guys, mm. if, you, mm. if you don't pay me doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean the people that I pay are gonna wait like I'm floating something here it's just it was just this churn of just, I'm getting frustrated. Yeah. How do, how do you manage some of the mental stress with building a large business?
1: Mm. Well, there's definitely lessons on your journey to seven figures. And I, and I know each person is going to go through whatever, what I call CEO growing pains and definitely new level, new devil, each, each big jump is going to bring its own set of challenges. And so I, I would say the first thing is self-care is really important. You know, many of the clients who come to me who are are stuck, uh, their grind, nose to the grindstone, whether that's at 150,000 or whether it's at 700,000, have lost complete control of their schedule. And so part of self-care is learning to control your time or it will control you. Uh, raise your prices. We talked about that. Most people need to do it. If you switch from a uh, volume-based model to a quality a more intimate model. It's less clients to serve. You can go deeper. You can get them bigger transformation. That's key. Um, making sure that you're taking care of yourself. I work out six days a week. Uh, make sure I put good foods into my body, think good thoughts, do my meditation. That's all part of it. Um, a big journey for me was learning to say no and set up. I would say the biggest lesson was learning to say no and put strong boundaries about what I wasn't willing to do. Because just like we talked about uh, with clients, you know, uh, uh, you know, undercharging and they accept it and happy to cut you that check for less than what they should. It's the same thing with anything. So putting up strong boundaries, like this is the clients, only clients I'm willing to take, you know, this is what I'm not willing to put up with, uh, making sure I'm not responding to something so simple, like responding to texts and emails, you know, outside of business hours and setting that that uh, expectation that it can be eight o'clock on a Friday night and I'm going to get right back to you. You know, there were so many things I had to do. I had to say no to a lot of opportunities, no to virtual coffee chats. Everybody wants to get on, no, I don't get on calls on coffee chats. And so saying no, uh, canceling applications, you know, I reject 50% of the applications that come my way. Some of that by automation and some of that I look at it, I say, nope. Not interested in this person, even in, if you know on paper some of the things check. I know they're not in alignment with who I am, with the clients I want to serve. So there's so many things you have to do: get strong with your no, put strong boundaries, take care of yourself, control your time. You know, all of those are put the right systems in place, have the right circle of influence around you. You know that are aligned. Your personal influence, your your friends. Make sure you got the right people around you as you grow. This is a wild ride when you start making a lot of money.
0: Mm. I tell you what, Jessica, to hear hear your approach on that is really, really uh, not only inspiring but enlightening. Like it is, hearing your approach, boundaries, saying no. I've I've had to establish. I actually took Slack off my phone for that reason. Mm. I was like, you know what? I've put boundaries and I put limitations, but I always want to over deliver, over deliver. So if Slack comes in early morning for I'm I'm in California, so my clients are East Coast based. You know my my business hours start, you know, I, my business hours start at 7 a.m. and they cut off at 4 p.m. So I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm okay with that. But I go to the gym at 5 a.m. And I would find myself at the gym like, oh, let me, should I respond now? Or go into my daughter's Taekwondo practice at 30, should I respond now? And it was, I would establish it. I felt guilty. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. Screw this. I'm just take Slack off my phone. Like just, good. No, sorry guys. There's no Slack on my phone. And my, there's no Slack, my WhatsApp, all of my personal text message. And if you have that, that's because your name is mom or my spouse. And those people, yeah. Outside of that, like I try to establish that as hard. Um, and it's funny, the moment I established that, I remember sitting on a Friday evening, going to dinner with my wife, and it was just, I was on a date. No stress. I enjoyed it, had a great conversation. But I've been on those dinner dates with my wife where I'm like, looking at that. And I'm, yeah. and I just remember thinking, like, eventually something's going to give, right? Am I going to yeah. focus on this? And am I going to lose this? Right. right. And I'm like, this I can replace my family, my spouse. I can't, like, I don't, or I don't want to. I'm not in that position. In my mind, I can't. So this is non-negotiable for me. So I love, love that approach, the food, the fitness, all that fun stuff. So, um, yeah, do, I love how it. Do you, how, uh, okay. let, last, last, last insight. How do you stay motivated through all of this? So those are all the activities. That's cool. But what do you feed to keep yourself motivated?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a couple of things. One, my daughter's a huge motivation mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, creating, this legacy for my business and my life, um, my clients motivate me. I love seeing, I get more excited about my clients' wins than I do my own. And seeing someone who has been stuck or who's in this place of doubt, who has been nose to the grindstone for years and has not been able to get to that next level, to see them, that aha, that 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 moment when they realize what's possible and they go out and close the biggest deal of their life, like that's highly motivating because I know that my work has a ripple effect. You know, if I can help more people uh, help more people, that's, that's going to transcend through all of the companies that they work with, all the employees that they work with. And so all of that's extremely motivating for me.
0: Mm, I love it. And in true fashion, Jessica's motivation comes from the service of others, which I think says a lot about you, your character and your growth in your business. So Jessica, uh, from myself and my team, I think you're, I want, thank you for being on the show. I think it's, uh, you are clearly have cracked the code and you're clearly on your way to not only catapulting your commissions, but catapulting the commissions of everyone who comes and works with you. And that is freaking exciting. So how does my catapulted commissions family get in contact with you? If they want to learn more about you, if someone's like, hey, you know what? This high level scaling, right? Is, is something that I'm interested in. How do they get a hold of you?
1: A couple places. Number one, definitely hit me up on LinkedIn, send me a message, let me know you heard me on this show so I can accept your invite. You can follow me on my YouTube channel, and then I'm happy to share some resources. I have a concept I teach called the ladder of influence. It's uh, how you scale your authority and influence so that you can uh, grow a seven figure business. So if you go to jesskyyarbor.com forward slash influence, you can download that 33 page guide.
0: Awesome. Guys, we will put those links. In the show notes so you can get connected with jessica I uh, 100 reach out to her on linkedin go get connected on our website subscribe to the youtube you will see all of that i myself i uh, i'm already connected to jessica but i will go and get connected with your youtube because uh, i like to consume the content two part one that helps feed my personal growth but two i like to, to consume the content of the guests that have been on the show now this was really easy when it was like episode 30 now 250 but it's like I, my my scroll of like man there's a there's a good group of people here. I, I love it. I love it. And so I'm, I'm humbled that you're here. Um, catapult the Commission's family. This is the time of the show. You know what to do. If you haven't pressed like, you haven't subscribed, go do that. And do me a favor, man, share this episode with somebody, right? If you want to share on social media and tag us, that's great. If not, just send this to someone. Because truth be told, if you're in a position of saying, hey, I want to grow or scale my business, find someone who's doing it already. Find someone who's done it before. Find someone who's that's what they do and they've done it. There's a big difference between I do this for a living and I talk about this for a living. Jessica does this for a living. So, guys, go get connected with her. Jessica, thanks for being on the show. I wish you nothing but abundant success in the future. And Catapulting Commissions family, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, comment, and I'll see you next week. Catapulting Commissions family, that does it for today's episode. If you found some value, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe. That way you're notified of new episodes. If you want to see the video portion of this podcast, head over to YouTube and look up Catapulting Commission's podcast. Finally, if you want a free copy of Catapulting Commission's, be sure to text the word HELLO to 661-228-8967. Again, text the word hello to 661-228-8967. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll see you next week.